Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we take you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Merlin and Yedsid to my brag. I feel kind of concerned what you think I'm doing in my spare time if I'm Merlin. I'm Jared. <laughs> and I'm Matt. I don't know, I think Bragg probably has more questionable hobbies in his spare time. Are you sure? We are going to get into some interesting things about Merlin this week. Things we had not considered before. At least Jensen just kind of sits around and resents everything around him. Yeah, and I mean, Jensen's entire purpose is to sit in the tower and dispense lore on occasional lore dispensing occasions. I don't know. I, I, I see Bragg as being into some really questionable shit. I don't know. Eh, Bragg's a mercenary. He is a pretty generic villain type guy. At least he is not trying to force kids to read a book. <laughs> give them I'm power. to my house and read my book. It'll give you power. It will make you stronger. Read board games with me. <laughs> I'll just be here behind you while you're reading it. <laughs> oh, dear. And on that note. Yep. OK, today we've got a plot episode and we're going to the place that still has the best of all the music, Radiant Garden. Because it's still the same music. Well, it's a slightly different version. We'll get to that in a little bit. Before we go to Radiant Garden, first we got to go to the Mysterious Tower, which is literally just the tower from Kingdom Hearts 2. Taylor doesn't believe in mass transport, so he doesn't take the magic train there. He just sort of, he drove there himself. Yep, he rode his own space bike over to the Mysterious Tower that, okay, like, does Twilight Town exist right now? Um, <laughs> I, I like, hmm. It does, probably does. I, hmm. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, it, so Radiant Garden is relatively close to the mysterious tower, kind of at this point. I mean, it's, it's like this the center map seems rather non-Euclidean. That's a good point. All the like plot-centered stuff is in the middle of this map, but they can't really be all that close together, can it? <laughs> you have to go through it to get to the next spot. We're going through interdimensional space, so who's to say there's any actual physical distance? There's a lot of strange things about distance and locality in this game in general. Yeah. I mean, remember, even the bikes go into weird portals when it goes between. Like, we yeah. see them shoot. Into, OK, like, a so what I'm hearing is that the lanes between are like not actually like a physical space, but just sort of like a representation of the various portals that you can use to get from one world to another. I see it more like when you go in a wormhole in Star Trek, you're in Swirly Land or in Doctor Who's time tunnels. It's there, but it's not like a physical space. It's an upper dimension. Yeah, that's oh, it's Hilbert space it. from Zeno Saga. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, Trippy space from Star Twinkle. Oh, boy. Anyway, <laughs> that's a little bit too outside of the reach of this podcast right now. We haven't it managed to get we we'll get people to play Kingdom Hearts. We might get people to play Trails. I don't know how we'll get people to watch Precure. Threats. <laughs> we could probably do some do Precure at some point if we're desperate for it. Oh, gosh. oh yeah, because there's nothing like watching 15 full anime seasons each each 50 episodes long. And, and <laughs> it's longer than 15 that. at this point, right? Uh, I'd have to check. It's a big uh, series. It's we could try to get people to watch One Piece. We're waiting for One Piece to be finished. <laughs> that's 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 six of one half a dozen. The other over a thousand of a third. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Mickey. Yeah, Tara arrives at the mysterious tower and immediately sees Mickey and Mickey just casts a Dragon Quest spell and teleports away. He warps away on a Kirby Warp Star is, what I, is how I saw it. Yeah, I mean, we saw him going around on the very clumsy Kirby Warp Star earlier in the game, didn't we? So no, we this, that's early. Yeah, we saw him on a book. Oh, on a book. OK, but no, now he is uh, taking his little Kirby Warp Star 
bang, and teleporting away. Terra does not question the talking mouse. Huh, more teleporting rodents. Well, he didn't hear he didn't hear Mickey uh, talk. Point! To best of Terra's knowledge, Mickey does not talk. <laughs> He's like, huh, teleporting mouse. I mean, Mickey literally calls out Kazam for it. If it was Kazam, he would have zapped us all. And there's also some new unverse around here. It's the blue sea salt, which I have in my notes. Holy shit, is this where sea salt ice cream is made from? Is it made from blue unversed? Scrooge has done dirty things to get his ice cream up and running. <laughs> yes. Is that what the uh, nobodies in 358 or two days were eating all the time? Is unversed goo? <laughs> that would. Blue sea salt is unversed goo. New head cannon. <laughs> made by Final Fantasy Ducks. Got it. Yes. Yep. We are putting together the true lore, not the lore the that Xehanort true. cares about, the true lore. Xehanort <laughs> would read this lore and said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and open up a uh, surf shop. I, I don't care. <laughs> and thus Kingdom Hearts was solved. Kingdom Hearts, if Xehanort decided to open a surf shop, much smaller. <laughs> <laughs> so. Going Fire back Day. to the original world, to our original reality, uh, Tara needs to go talk to Yen Sid. Which, you know, he probably should have done right away because that's who Eric has told him to talk to him. But say he's hard around fucking up everything first. I mean, he had to go through all the weird little non-Euclidean teleport spaces and mess up a few princesses' lives before he got to Yensid. Uh, I'll say technically he only messed up one. True. <laughs> so but he just could have... He, he technically helped Cinderella. It was a completely neutral factor to Snow White. True. Like, oh, that was a weird guy I met one day. Oh, well. Terrace shows up at Yensid's office. Yensid says that he's been expecting him. Where the fuck were you? Yeah, (laughs) you took a really long time getting here, but oh well, I still have Lord to dispense. I'm not going to check anything you were doing. I'm sure that you were being sensible and and sober. Now, Tara does ask Yen Sid about Mickey. You would think that he would at least like think to ask Mickey about Mickey. But I guess Mickey was kind of in a hurry. Yeah, Mickey just kind of fucked off really quick. Yeah, Yen Sid's he's like, you're not a teacher anymore. Then why do you have a student? Aha, check. (laughs) Yen's even though it's Mickey's a king, but he's kind of an idiot. He's a king, but he's also my student. And Tara is like, fine, whatever. I do not give a shit. Just I. OK, I'm missing. a. I, I'm looking for a missing guy and a masked guy. Probably not the same guy. I'm not Probably sure. Not the I, kind same of, guy. I kind of lost track two worlds ago. Yep. <laughs> and Yen just kind of is like, you should try thinking about stuff better. And we just go to Tara's head. There's a sound of a modem dialing. Good modem noise. You'll be our modem voice actor from now on. How often are we going to need that? I don't know. <laughs> Tara, either way, so it bounces off his head. He just goes right back. He's like, no, I want. I don't want to talk about my problems. I want to talk about this guy I'm looking for. Yep. Yeah, so because he has to be a cryptic old man who can only speak in lore and cryptic sentences. Tells Tara that all problems should be seen as connected and just keep trying to find Xehanort, old man. You could, actually, you could actually see the words bouncing off Terra's skull, like ping, ping. Yep. I, guess, I, I don't think I, I don't want to go full the meme of Terra being idiot. He just seems so <laughs> impenetrable. This was a useless endeavor. I don't know. I think it's more that he's got a one track mind. And so Terra kind of uh, is like, come on, I have one master who tells me this cryptic bullshit at home. I just want a straight answer. I can't stop for cryptic bullshit. We have cryptic bullshit at home. Yep. And now I'm just like thinking of the same one track mind that Jack is displaying in Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise. Except <laughs> the order. It's Stranger of Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin. First. 
I need to kill unversed. <laughs> and you tell me where to fight unversed. I'm Mask Boy. Xehanort. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because Tara likes Xehanort right now. Garland. True, true. No, it's still no good. Nope. But, yeah, Tara goes Tara away. Did his way. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, Tara is kind of just at the point where he's just fed up with not knowing who his enemy is, and he's just like, Wandering which, around the world. I think which the is, nicest, okay, okay. No, I, I, I'm very serious right now. That is Jack's character arc at the start of uh, Strange Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Like, <laughs> he he's very angry that no one is telling him where chaos is. <laughs> Tara leaves, Jensen just sighs. Uh, surprisingly, not not at the conversation he just had with Tara. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, Zanort, I'd hoped your heart would no longer lead you astray. Then as Tara's flying off, he hears Xehanort's voice. Manning, come see him. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And it's just, they say, it just comes over his his his, his, his headset like it's, it's Obi-Wan. It's like, use the dark force. Come see me. That's yeah, a stretch. But, I mean, Tara buys it. <laughs> Tara immediately buys it and flies off to a world that we don't know about. It's called, the they call it the Badlands, I believe. Xehanort yeah. is the only person in his in this entire game who has ever given Tara a straight sounding answer. True. Very true. But, that's, but that straight answer was, isn't it sad that everyone else thinks you suck? <laughs> By the way, try darkness. <laughs> it smells like poo gas. Terra flies to a field in this Badlands, and it's definitely where we fought Lingering Will at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. Xehanort <laughs> just on the ground like, hey, how you doing? Like just waving to him while yeah. he was flying overhead. Yep. Terra just lands, confronts him, asks him why he's doing what he's doing. And then Xehanort's just like, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Vanitas. <laughs> yeah, I had the I, I I unleashed a demon. I I made this that mass boy. He's a creature of darkness. I made. Why would you make that? I don't know. Kicks. <laughs> yep. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. Yep. OK, even, I was even, I'll admit it, it was with it was the win the win bet. <laughs> and he also even like flat out says that Vanitas apparently came from Ventus like. He says that it's the darkness from Ventus and Ventus succumbed to darkness. And I took the darkness out because that was great. Yep. I took the darkness out and it made a person. Also, I broke Ventus while doing it. Oops. Oops. It, it was just an accident while training. Don't worry. Don't worry. Terry eats it all up. <laughs> I think this is the first time we heard clearly that Ventus originally trained with Xehanort, though. Yes, this is the yeah. first like Xehanort gives us a lot of like little backstory in his bullshit here. And Terra's like, OK, well, it's not your fault. You shouldn't you shouldn't feel bad. Well, as no. I said, I, I really He's do better think now that Xehanort does have Tara's trust simply because he told him what he wants to hear and gave him a straighter answer than Ericus did. But it's funny because he literally asked Xehanort, why are you doing the things you're doing that I've heard about is how this conversation began. Uh, All this causes Tara to like think back to his training with Aqua and just how Xehanort showed up one day with Ventus. Just yeah, one just, day. Which is with this boy that's just staring blankly into space. So their ages are unchanged from what we actually see in the game, but we have to assume that they're a bit younger. Well, it's the limitation of making models for a PSP game. You're not going to put that much changes into them. Yeah. Kind also, of a pity, but. honestly, time seems to be pretty uncertain in uh, Kingdom Hearts in general. It's those damn lean betweens. They're warping space and time together. I, I am very certain that Birth by Sleep happens before Kingdom Hearts 1. I know how many years it happened before Kingdom Hearts 1. Don't it is a, not as much as you would expect. Didn't they say like 15, I heard once? Five. It's five years. 
I'm just saying. In five that, years, there's now just no one remembers anything about Keyblade except for the one mystic one. Oh, God yeah. damn it. It yeah. really is Star Wars, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons I say that, like, time seems to flow strangely in Kingdom Hearts. Terranaqua, they bombarded Ventus with questions that just caused him to scream with a headache. Because why would you do that to a kid who is clearly, like, not all there? And Eric is like, Eric is like, what did you do? Don't think about it too hard. You'll get a headache. Damn it, Norty, what'd you do? He doesn't remember anything. (laughs) Yep. Anyway. Uh, So flashback over. Tara asks uh, Xehanort, okay, next question. Why is your monster darkness devil running free? (laughs) Whoops. Again, I tried to catch him, but I couldn't. Instead, he's just like, no. I'm not going to tell you why Vanitas is free. I'm just going to tell you what Vanitas is doing. Vanitas is apparently using a keyblade to sow seeds of darkness and create unverse. Got it? How? How? Uh, just a lot of questions. But Xehanort's just like, no, look, OK, I'm an old guy. Clearly, I have fucked up because old guys always fuck up in these kind of games. You are a young guy. You should go fix this. <laughs> right the wrong <laughs> that I have wrought. And then you'll be a keyblade master. Yeah. He hates light and he'll destroy it. And he always thinks of his friends. Well, he is a being of pure darkness. Yep. He's so going to go to the city of light. Radiant Garden. Here is where also where we got the idea that Vanitas is the source of the unversed. Well, yeah. he flat out said he's so he's so darkness yeah. with his keyblade. So we got a keyblade, so, too. Whoops. Yeah, that seems like a mistake. Why did you let that pure darkness guy have a keyblade and start going around making ugly edgy monsters? It's like basically his whole conversation is. Okay, this is my B. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tara. This is totally my B. I feel awful. But you're a hero. You can totally handle it. <laughs> so anyway, we can't go back to the Badlands. Ever. It's completely closed off. So let's just go to Radiant Garden for some good, good music. Basically the same song as Ohio Bastion, but it has kind of this major key midsection where the song lifts up in style. Yeah, it's. I think it's a lot more uplifting than the Radiant Garden theme, or rather the Hollow Bastion theme. Like, yeah. it's... It's pretty clearly a theme uh, like if Hollow Bastion is a more minor key version that feels like something some light was torn out of it. Radiant Garden's theme is what is like the original form of that. Yeah. And also, this is another reason why you don't start Kingdom Hearts at Birth by Sleep, despite it being chronologically the first of the mainline games. (laughs) Because it makes no sense. Yeah. How would you know to care about Radiant Garden if you didn't know what Radiant Garden was by finishing Kingdom Hearts 2? This is yep. sort of a weird city with a bunch of weird gu- weirdos in it. Hmm. Yep. yep. Who are all these people that I don't care about? Wait, wait we're not going to meet them until other characters. Right. Well, no, we still see a little bit here. True. So yeah. we, the first thing we see is, strangely enough, Ven running through the city. Yep. He runs around a corner just as Terra shows up a moment too late. Does Terra see him? I think he misses Ventus. Yeah. Right. But he so, does see Scrooge. So Scrooge would duck walking through the Final Fantasy world somehow. As he sees Scrooge... Some unverse attack just because we can't have a cutscene go by without unverse attacking in this game. I'm going to continue harping on this point. They're very rude. Almost every scene just ends with a bunch of unverse showing up. It's like, hey, hey. <laughs> and these, so we got a few new unverse. We have the tank topplers, which I'll get to those <sighs> in a moment. Proto twisters and mandrakes. Let's talk. We'll talk about tank topplers last because they're the most annoying. First, let's talk about mandrakes. Mandrakes are annoying because you want them to drop an item. Mandrakes are the first monster that drop a bounding crystal. A bounding crystals are what is necessary to make the skill Lucky Strike, which lets you get more item drops. So each instance of Lucky Strike you get compounds the ability to get more crystals. It is very hard to get the first bounding crystal. 
Well, she says Mandrakes are kind of little bastards. They they sit on the map even without just appearing, and when you wake them up, they start shooting attacks you from as far away as possible. Yep. Rather than screaming like Mandrakes would in normal fiction, they just shoot wind blasts at you. They shoot sonic booms. Yep. Uh, once you have enough abounding crystals to get a bunch of lucky strike, you can start like just really getting a bunch of more crystals to get a bunch more abilities. You need more crafting materials even than other Kingdom Hearts games in this game simply because of the the crafting system with the panels and the fusion stuff. And the drop rate is so low without Lucky Strike and so good with uh, all five stacks of Lucky Strike that there's basically like no reason not to farm abounding crystals once you have the option to. Yeah, just build up five Lucky Strikes and then just kind of add whatever the hell you feel like. Yeah, like once you get that, you can just play the game and you'll probably end up with enough crystals to get everything. Mm hmm. Um, anyway, Chrono Twisters. They're hourglasses, little bat wings, edgy spikes on the top and bottom, and sort of a weird little face, like, in the sand. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think they cast Stop and other time spells. I don't think they're that hard to fight. No, but they, they appear in the middle of groups, and they'll mess you up if you leave them alone. It's very bad if you get Stop cast on you. And then there's the Tank Topplers. Are we prepared to talk about the worst of all the Unversed? Yes. So they're big fat boys, and unlike the other fat boys, they actually look like the uh, large bodies because they're completely round. And they have this little valve on the back. Yes, yeah, so they go to a big valve handle and a uh, steam top hat sort yep. of thing. If you hit them anywhere but that valve, they will they will inflate. If you hit inflate. them on the valve, they shrink. Inflate them three times, they, they become a little bit larger. The problem is the inflation isn't really that visible until you overdo it, at which point they turn red and fiery and start rolling around invincibly, hitting you until they explode. Also, they bounce around and they, like just get in the way really easily. So if you are not paying attention, you will probably cause one of them to inflate and then just start rolling around and explode. They are the worst. I hate them. They're really good at sort of popping in when you're hitting other enemies. You, and, yeah. and if you hit end when you deflate them, they have a tendency to just do the like deflate balloon all the way down sometimes. So then they're gone. Yeah, they're really annoying. And I don't even think they're that all that rewarding to fight. And then they appear everywhere from this point on. Basically. Super annoying. They're even more annoying than large bodies. Now, because large bodies, there's a strategy. Technically, there's a strategy of tank top wars, but it's twitchy based on, I think, a slightly ganky hitbox, and the enemy itself can disrupt it without, like, trying to fight you just by getting in the way wrong. Yep. Especially if you're using crowd control abilities. After that fight, Terra sees Xehanort going down the road, just like you do. <laughs> like, didn't Xehanort tell us to come here? Why is he here? How'd he beat us here? Uh, we got into an unverse fight. <laughs> He was following just behind us, and then he decided to just do a little spooky walk right through past us after we were done. Nera, back on his one-track mind, is like, oh shit, I gotta follow Xehanort. I only, I just saw him five minutes ago, but I should follow him again. Yeah. Terra immediately runs into Merlin, who has dropped the Winnie the Pooh book. Like, Terra's like, you dropped this. Merlin mm. insists that it's not his. But he keeps it anyways. Yeah, he keeps the children's book around for special reasons. It, it, it awakens one's innermost abilities. Right. Terra decides that that means it should make him stronger and decides to try it out. And he also calls Merlin your elderness and what the hell? <laughs> yes, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so Terra hops into the book and instead of a Winnie the Pooh world with a bunch of minigames. And charming friendship with, with a bear. We get a new command board. Board games. Lame. I am yeah. not happy with this uh, version of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and Merlin's like, I'm a powerful wizard, you know. Yeah, yep. OK. Yep. Merlin. We'll get, we'll get back to you, Merlin. But yeah, 
You're weird. You're more you're, yeah, you're already kind of weird. You just invite random teenagers in your house to look at to look at a mystic book that's not yours. It's yep. it's very odd, strange, peculiar. And then, and then from now on, Merlin just the the book is his. He just decides it's his later. Yeah, I guess so. Because he always or no, it's I mean, it is the book that everyone in Radiant Garden loves. Everyone that went yeah. to Merlin's house to look at the cool book that's not his. And it was so nope. sad when it got wrecked. Yes. The store got distracted. Yes. And then fixed because all the pages ended up in fucking Acrobat and shit like that. Did it, I, don't, I don't remember, nor do I care if pages actually ended up in Acrobat. I'm pretty I don't know. Probably. Well, it, since we did since Acrobat was in two games, probably at least once. Anyway. Yeah, as Terry leaves Merlin's house, a big fuck off on first flies by <laughs> through the sky. It's like, uh oh, well, that looks bad. He just goes, uh, I should probably do something about that and not follow Xehanort. <laughs> Wait, Xehanort was here. I, I swear Terra has object permanence issues. He forgets things so quickly. Squirrel. <laughs> I just met you and I trust you. No, does it trust you? That's him. Villain. Love you. Hi Love there. You. No, because he's with the villains. I just met you and I trust you. No, it's I love you. It's always I love you for Doug. Oh, yeah, you're, know, no, you're, you're talking for Tara. Yeah, Tara. That's like with Maleficent. Hi there. I just met you. I trust you. So now we have to navigate a bunch of Radiant Garden to make it to the water treatment facility. Yeah. Like, by the way, I think we're kind of jumping through fountains and dancing water. It's like we're just ruined. We're just ruining a tourist spot. Aren't this we? is our first real bit of platforming in this game, isn't it? It's one of the few really major ones in the game is, is Radiant Garden's little games. I guess there were some side areas inside the sewers and the uh, dwarf woodlands that had some platforming elements, but it wasn't like this where it was actually like you have to go way high up along multiple paths to get there. Do we have air dash yet? No, I don't think we have air slide yet. So we make it through there. We go. We, we walk like through a long waterway with a bunch of mantrakes and, of course, tank toppers and airs are dropping on our heads. Yep. It, there's not a whole lot new going on. It's just a lot of annoying enemies. Mm-hmm. And we so we make it to the busy water treatment facility at the exact same time as Ventus and Aqua, who appear to be chasing other big, other big uh, unverse chunks. Nothing mm-hmm. good ever happens at water treatment facilities. Elaborate on that, please. I don't know. It just seems like whenever you see in a piece of media or, you know, like a movie or whatever, you have an example end up at the water water treatment facility or something like that. There's always something bad going down. Examples, please. I'm not even sure. I just remember that there seems to be like a it's a, the a, a, so it's the general mood or vibe of water treatment facilities that bad shit yeah, goes down in them. It's kind of just like, you know, the industrial thing where where nobody is for no good reason. Nobody's working there. Nobody. We don't know why. And it's just like a random industrial place that is abandoned and bad stuff happens there. This water treatment facility is like not all that abandoned. It's clearly in use because Radiant Garden has all sorts of water going on. But I guess there's just no people anywhere. Yeah, true. But I mean, there's no people anywhere in this game. Yes, I have problems with this. (laughs) What did you do, Merlin? (laughs) They're all books. But yeah, this time it's time for the trio to fight the first actually cool unverse design we'll have. As the three pieces just go Voltron to a nice big piece of armor. The Trinity armor, which is it's it's a giant fucking robot, the unverse equivalent of a guard armor. And it's really cool. I like this fight. So I like its coloration, though. I think that's only in the final mix version where it's got the uh, the, the, uh, the Gundam coloration. Highlight. Yeah, I think the original was just black, of course. Gross. Why? The Gundam coloration is way better. 
I am, of course, speaking specifically of the main Gundam that is always the main Gundam of a Gundam series, the white, blue, and red coloration. Murica. It appears like this one is actually three parts, though, and they call them the Alpha, Beta, and Gamma armors, apparently. Interesting. And then they become a Trinity armor. Yes, like the head and torso, the arms and the legs. So then you fight it. And, you know, these ones, it does some crazy stuff. Like, I believe the arms turn to like a spinning uh, sh- a laser shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the head does a big cannon move. Mm-hmm. Like like if you, like it tips over and like it shoots out of its, of its body section. I forget what the legs do. You tend to hit legs first by like this. So. Yep. And as you beat them down, like the attack patterns actually change because it has less things to pull upon. Yep. It's a cool fight. The legs do shockwave bounces. Yep. And the other two are kind of doing stuff. And like their AI yeah. is fighting. Yeah, it is. It's a really cool fight, not just because it's a cool boss design, but because it's an aqua here and they're also helping. This is one of the important scenes because it happens in every person's route. I mean, I hope it would. That would be very strange yep. if they didn't do that. Yep. Tara, just imagine it. Oh, dear. Now that gives me ideas for video games. Hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. No. <laughs> Uh, anyway, winning gets us Rockbreaker. Rockbreaker is a level two command style. I forget how Terra activates it other than using like his the Earth. I think it's using like strike abilities. Strike abilities or yeah, like it is big, chunky rock moves. It's not that great. Smashing the ground to make like shock waves and, and spikes come out. Yeah, it's unfortunately not that great. I, d- I didn't. I used it very little. His other form, his other level two forms are way better. The trio gets to do a team kill on the thing, and Ventus gives us lifetime passes to Disney Town. And I think let's go to that scene, in fact. Where we start just as the enemy went down. Got him. We make a good team. Sure do. Oh, yeah, I got you these tickets. For what? Lifetime passes to Disney Town. He said to. He said to take two grown ups. You mean us? And they everyone laughs and puts the tickets away as as Ventus adds them out. Listen to me, Ven. We need to get you home. It's okay, Aqua. Trust me. That guy in the mask is history. He'll never badmouth Terra again. You saw the boy in the mask? Yes. Venitas. Ven, you let Aqua take you home. No way. I want to go with you guys. You can't. We have a dangerous task ahead of us. I don't want you to get hurt. And what is this dangerous task, Tara? It doesn't sound like what the master told you to do. It might be a different route, but I'm fighting the darkness. I'm not so sure. I've been to the same worlds as you, and I've seen what you've done. You shouldn't put yourself so close to the darkness. Listen to yourself, Aqua. Tara would never- You mean you've been spying on me? Is that what he said to do? The master's order? He was only... Aqua. I get it. Tara! Just stay put. I'm on my own now. All right? So, yeah, it seems like our group of friends isn't so solid right now. Tara storms off, leaving the other two behind. Well, I mean, Aqua's came up and said, uh, I just gotta ask, what the fuck are you doing, man? And Tara just immediately gets defensive. Yeah. I mean, like, she doesn't exactly phrase it in an exactly a great way, but Tara um, gets gets angry. He, su- that he gets super defensive. Yeah. Yeah. He gets angry that both neither Ericus or nor Aqua trust him. And it's clear like what the the whole guilt, the one very guilty moment is definitely bothering him. It's still bugging him that like 
Maleficent got one over on him and manipulated him into doing some terrible shit. So the terror immediately storms off and and he just comments that Xehanort's the only one he could trust on trust yep. still. And yep. that's, you know, that's comforting. Yep. And as he shows up, storms off, who should show up? But Greg. For those of you who haven't figured out yet, Bragg is quite clearly Zigbar from Organization 13. It's Zigbar before Zigbar got his cloak. He's now wearing sort of like what a what kind of an like outfit a, is that? It is it anyway? Like a weird like Star Wars outfit. Imperial officer gear. Yeah, that's kind of it. Though like a yeah, bit tattered, so. a bit tattered with a weird cape. Well, it's not a cape. It's it's it, it, I would say it's it, it's a uh, scarf. It's, it's, yeah, it's a scarf. scarf. It's a neckerchief. Yeah. Basically, like he's wearing his neckerchief there. He's got kind of like a little fancy dress uniform, uh, big boots, poofy pants, all that. Yeah. Like and he also doesn't have any scars or, or he doesn't have any scars or, or, or uh, he also has two eyes, though. Yeah, he is unwounded. He looks like what you would expect Zigbar would look like if he was wearing something other than a cloak and did not have any scars. Interesting. And he says that he's keeping Xehanort prisoner. I just was sick of him complaining and asking for you. So I decided to get you here to get the old coots. Yep. <laughs> and basically, I read this as, you want to see my really cool trap? And Tara's like, OK. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but Tara doesn't actually believe that Bragg has Xehanort because I think he trusts that Xehanort is too powerful for that. He's like, I mean, he came all this way. It would be rude not to check. Yeah, yep. like no harm in looking. Totally OK. We got to go to the Outer Gardens to another purification facility. And this one basically takes us all the way across the map. We're going from one end to the other. When you're talking about the clandestine uh, meetings, places of uh, water treatment facilities, Matt, where you fight Brig is more like what I uh, imagine what you're talking about. Yeah, that's probably true. Like all the pipes and stuff and so like under the city. It's really shady where you go. Like it's water, like, you actually have water flowing like out of pipes into the into like a clearly what's like a big vat underneath you. Yeah, Imagine, like there's this big platform suspended over what almost appears to be nothing. It's wild. I assume it's like a reservoir. Yep. Imagine going to Gasworks Park in Seattle when it was actually in use. Yeah, but yeah. there's nobody there. And there's a bottomless pit under one of the platforms. Yep. And there's an old man chained up. Yeah, Xanor's chained up against a pipe. Holy shit. Briggs like, no, oh, that keyblade's cool. Can I have it? So, yeah, we got more dialogue. Master Xehanort. The old coot certainly knows how to take punishment. Just like I know how to deal it out. You monster, what are you after? That thing right there. It's called a keyblade, isn't it? Yep, seems like these days everybody's got one of those. Even Grandpa there. When I nabbed him, he told me all about it. What a weapon like it can do. How could I not want one? Well, you'll find they're picky about their owners. Ha! If I heard the old guy right, you're what they call a Keyblade Master Material. So if I defeat you, that makes me the real Keyslinger. If you catch my drift. Not the most polite way to go about it. But what can you do? Ha ha. One more step and the coot goes boom. You think I'm gonna fight fair? As if. That key's too powerful for us to go mano a mano. Break fires lasers at, at Terra who could block him, but it seems to kind of knock him back. Hmm. For a Keyblade Master, you're not very, what's the word, good? What are you doing, Terra? Fight! But Master, you'll... Never mind me. You must fight. You can't let this ruffian win. Think of your Master Ericus. The shame he and your fellow pupils would be forced to bear. 
Use the Keyblade. So, yeah, this has definitely got the whole, you need to fight Dooku, so from Palpatine, start of episode three. Yeah, yeah, we're, it's kind of out of order, but that's very much what the scene feels like. <laughs> ah, Frank, shit. Yeah, Frank, Frank really should be like, oh, shit, what about, what's going on here? Especially after that weird Little Mermaid uh, moment he just had. We have a lot of Star Wars prequel vibes <laughs> here. Oh, we're not even, we're not denying that at all. Yep. Yep. So anyway, now it's time for the break to strike back. On critical mode, it's pretty hard. Is he he's still using the 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 twin hand crossbows, right? Oh yeah, the weird laser hand crossbows. Yes, he doesn't he doesn't have his portal t- uh, abilities that he did in two, but he's still pretty rough. We once again we start to fight from his POV. Though I have to say, I it's I, this fight became a lot easier once I remembered you actually have to use the block button. Because mm. <laughs> you can deflect almost every one of his attacks back at him with block, but I tend to forget blocking. Yeah, don't forget blocking in this game. It's even more important in this one than all the others. He has some teleport abilities. It just doesn't seem quite as refined. Mm-hmm. It's more like a flash step sort of thing when he does it. Kind of, yeah. Like Also, he can sort of hang in midair upside down and shoot at you for some yeah. reason. He, there's still a bit of the what would be Zigbar in him. Uh, but you're fighting him as Terra, which means you're very slow and not very Sora-like. So just sit there and turtle up and block all his stuff, and he shoots himself in the face 50 times. It's perfect. Hey, that works. Yep. And very dignified. Yep. After the fight, Terra channels a blast of darkness through his keyblade and shoots Bragg. And that causes the scars to appear on him. Oh, and it also oh, just Terra's chains. And clearly goes it clearly hits his eyes. He's pulling his eye and screaming. Yeah. Like, is there actually blood? I forget. Is there blood? I, I don't, don't think, think there so. is. We have consistently seen darkness injuries like this. We see kind of do more are more like burns. That Got it. Got it. So we know that now that Terra is the one that gave Zigbar his eye patch. Yes. Oh, I got these scars. Shut up, Zigbar. <laughs> no, really, it's a fun story. You've told it a billion times, Zigbar. I've got it memorized, Zigbar. <laughs> <laughs> she just walks off. She's like, I don't want to deal with this shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Zayos was like, well, that's points for me. I win. Unmitigated win. Tara views it as a failure, though, because he's submitted to darkness. Zaynor's just like, no, you're totally pupil material. Being scared of darkness too much is to the point of being corrupted by light. Like there is a balance between light and darkness. Can I learn these abilities? Not from a Keyblade Master. Yeah, like he is <laughs> it is like, almost all the way there. Yep, like he is a villain arguing for balance, even though he's clearly trying to get everyone on the side of darkness anyway. Like I, I think it's an interesting angle, at least for the villain, the clear obvious villain in a light-dark dichotomy to be like, no, we totally need to do balance. I mean, Chain of Memories and 2 suggest that there is balance, but he doesn't want balance. He's trying to overtake. Yeah. He just he uses a uh, a, a logical-sounding argument to push things his way. Yeah, it's like, well, we need we clearly need more darkness. Hmm. A little more darkness. More. More! Me looking at the audience as I turn the darkness beater up to 11... Looking for approval. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. And then he just tells Terra, go to more worlds and proclaims that Terra's a Keyblade Master now. Yay. Uh, our arc is done. Well, let's have a let's have a darkness uh, shot lock. We get the Dark Valley shot lock and Xehanort's report number two. I would I would say that for whatever reason, at this particular time in history, uh, Square Enix seemed quite taken with the Star Wars prequels. I mean, they had just come out. 
Yep. And Star Wars was at, sort of like the uh, at this point, at this <laughs> point, Square's taken with Star Wars. Uh, you're saying prequels. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. If you want to divide the prequels, that's fine. But Square and Star Wars has been like Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy is. Yeah, like Final Fantasy two is basically a Star Wars ripoff and it gets uh, just more and more from there. Final Fantasy 12 has a lot of Star Wars prequels vibes, too. So the reason Final Fantasy 12 has a lot of uh, Star Wars stuff in it is because it is a direct remake of Final Fantasy 2. And that is why its story is bad. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> it even has the Ooh. fucking emperor makes a giant tornado thing. People see the truth. Final Fantasy 12 has a bad story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, say it or report two. Our master instructed us to don armor while traveling between worlds so that we might shield ourselves from the darkness. But there, in the lanes between, I could feel the force of it, the power. And from then on, I forewent my armor's protection. I had been told the darkness would devour me, but what terrors could it possibly hold so long as I found the strength to control it? The world is vast, and the worlds within the greater world uncountable. Like little islands, they dot a great ocean between, which keeps them ignorant of each other, uncorrupted. Each world had its own order. Unlike us, they could not know the world in its entirety, and we were never to enlighten them. So, yeah, he's like, I should do something for safety. No, eh. no. Fuck safety. Embrace the darkness. Uh, hey, I'll watch I, I this. will not wear my helmet while I'm on my motorcycle. The government can't make me. No, <laughs> do not infringe on my darkness freedom. <laughs> N- Nanny state Keyblade Masters. You can have my darkness when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> so, so yeah, Xehanort clearly does only safe and well, well-advised things. Yep. If you do your own research, you'll see that darkness is harmless. <laughs> nice. Holy shit. So now that we've now that we've raged for certain people, which I'm perfectly happy to do. Yeah, fuck you if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of those people that we just made fun of. <laughs> oh no. So that was so Terrence just sort of Ventus tries to get Terra taken with him and Terra's like, no. Yeah, Ventus, yeah, Ventus runs up and is just like, no, take me with you. Terra's like, no. no, we have to do three separate story routes. Go home. Go home. But we're still friends, right? Sorry about yelling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have seen with Xehanort. He's, he's in another part of the water treatment plant. I think right in front of like a waterfall. Yep. And then he just starts getting shot at. Yep. Yeah, Bray just shoots at Xehanort, complaining about getting hurt about this. Goes like... Xehanort's got a barrier around him, like, so it's not oh, yeah. even coming close. Yeah, no, it, if Clayson wasn't clear by now, which it should have been totally clear, Xehanort's working with Brake. Brake's yep. like, I didn't sign up to be collateral damage. He just holds his, tries to hold one of his guns to his head. Yep, yep. yep. But Brake may be a few things, but he's not the guy. He's not going to be the guy here. Yeah. Xehanort's like, we get a shot from his hand. We see his keyblade summon, and in a literal whip cuts, the blade's already at Brake's neck. Like, we don't even <laughs> see him move it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Brake just backs down and pretends that nothing's bothering him again. I was like, okay, I was like, <laughs> okay, fine, you still need me. And then he takes a breath and you see, almost see him like say, okay, calm down, calm down. Yeah, it's fine. Yep. Xehanort also just even implies that it's not Terra that stole Aurora's heart. Yeah. Like, Brake's like, I mean, it's just a scratch. He's going to steal my heart. You did the other girl. It's like, 
like unlikely. Obviously, he's too. He's got too much light in him to steal hearts. And when Bragg asks, "Well, who did?" that he just kind of smirks at him. Yep. <laughs> Something happened. Do you want nope. me to talk about what I, I learned, like reading about in different interviews? Sure. We, we it, it flat out said that Zayn was there and he stole and he stole Aurora's hearts. I don't know where he was. He was just under the bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, hi, yeah. Wait, didn't, didn't we discuss this? Didn't we I discuss think, this last did, time? I think we did discuss this last time. Yeah. Which yeah. does really imply he did all this to make sure Tara had this doubt and self hatred going. Yep. So yeah, that way that way he's more vulnerable. He's too afraid to talk to his friends. Too like, and open to being told you're not the bad guy. You didn't you didn't do anything you, that was wrong. Honestly, I like this arc better than I liked Anakin's arc in in Star Wars uh, prequels, simply because I actually kind of get where where Terra is coming from with the stubbornness and the pride. And not only that, I actually think that what Xehanort is doing to make him feel these negative emotions actually makes sense and and works. Like, I will say, I understand what Star Wars wants to do. Like, they want him. They want Anakin in a similar route there. Like, literally, no one's trusting him. Everyone's doubting him except for this one guy. Mm-hmm. I do feel the prequels miss a little bit. Like, it, the prequels needed another draft in the story. Is yeah. literally all it was. It's like it's more just refocus. for me. Like I understand what Tara does and his reactions here. Whereas with mm-hmm. Anakin, I don't really understand why he goes from you know the brooding nobody trusts me. I I'm stressing out over that sort of thing well, to killing the kids. So I mean, it's I mean the starting point of it is literally the. Jedi Council is teaching him toxic masculinity and then punishing him for behaving that exact way that they're teaching him. That's true. Hmm. Jedi Council's bad, y'all. That's part of the point of the prequels. That's why Last Jedi was good. <laughs> yes. I've got to harp I, on this a lot this season, I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably have plenty of time to harp on on various Star Wars things this season. Anyway, I'll complain about how Book of Boba Fett had a few too many cameos in it. <laughs> I'm not watching that show. It's, I stopped watching Mandalorian after the first season. I feel like they're worth watching, but I was frustrated. Yeah. Oh. Right. I want Star Wars to be something more like Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, where it actually like is less concerned about, I guess, more like Final Fantasy than like Kingdom Hearts, because <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is still like concerned about the fates of a few small people and how they affect the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Final Fantasy, it's every single story is some new weird thing. And I would like Star Wars to be that. But eh. If Star Wars was, if Star Wars has to be more about small things, I'd like to be more or like Kingdom Hearts, be more sincere about it. Mm. That's, that's why. Uh, that's why I tend to gravitate towards Star Trek. I find it more sincere in general. Well, I mean, they're two different kinds of shows, though. I know, but I fi- find it more sincere, more optimistic, more more of the time. Obviously, it has its moments that are troublesome. But I just, well, I don't really, I don't, agree, I don't approve with the hundred percent utopian thinking. I do like the optimism it tends to go for. I don't yeah. think that they are comparable, and therefore I think the rivalry is stupid. <laughs> well, it's not a rivalry. Just say I'll gravitate towards one over the other more often with with like uh, um, sci-fi. Yep. Sorry. So that's uh, nah, yep. okay. Anyway, well, so after that, three new worlds open up: Disney Town, Olympus Coliseum, and Deep Space. But we will oh, go there next great time. Places. Two of them are terrible. I, I actually like Deep Space, though. Deep Space is one of the better worlds in, in oh, yeah. by sleep, oh, though. But one's terrible for who's there, one's terrible for what's there. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll go there next time <laughs> and beyond. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Jared. 
And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. Oh, no. Oh, God. Then I saw this guy, and I uh, stabbed him in Brawl's Darkness. Say a north that kills people. <laughs> I am in the wrong. I feel... I suck. Oh, no. Not llamas with hats. <laughs> uh, llamas with keyblades. God damn it. <laughs>